You're listening to Good on Paper, a bookish podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Rachel. Join us as we journey together into the land of fiction, where the men are brave, the quests are epic, and everything is better on paper. Hi, everyone. Hi, guys. Welcome back. We are here with another episode for you, and today... It's going to be all about every author's favorite task in the world, writing blurbs. If you are one of those authors that actually likes writing blurbs, please let us know. Actually, I kind of like writing blurbs. I don't like writing synopsises, but now that I'm thinking about it, I do like writing blurbs. So. Oh my God, that is so funny. <laughs> Honestly, like I have like my like, kind of like the short blurb and synopsis in front of me for my next book and I actually enjoyed writing it not gonna lie the best part is when you write the blurb first but you just think of stuff that's really catchy and then you write the book like that is the easiest yeah. way to do it I know not everybody yeah, can that's do what it. I do. yeah get all your hooks in there get all your attention grabbers and then because you know if it sounds good in the blurb it's got well depending on how you write it, but it should be interesting in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the thing? You can write a really good story, but it might not be like eye grabbing necessarily. It could be a really introspective, interesting story, but it might not have any like tropes or situations that immediately make people think I have to read this. So if your aim is to hook people like that, it could be like a really hook based author probably should write your blurb first, honestly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If yeah. you're writing literary That's fiction, it. doesn't really matter. Yeah, but, you know. totally. yeah. totally different ballgame. Yeah. <laughs> I There was a Sylvia Mercedes Instagram live I watched where she talked about blurbs that, or she was talking about like the publishing like process in general, but that she recommends writing your blurb first because A, depending on what you're doing you're you know you're trying to target a certain audience so you're trying to make your sound blurb your blurb sound attractive to that audience so if you write the blurb first like your entire synopsis first then you write the book then you can keep that synopsis open and make sure that it guides you to keep the book like with the Mm -hmm. right tone and you know because you're writing based on trying to match that synopsis and that blurb and that's what i did for this trilogy and it's worked so well so what would you like what are the things that you like to see in a blurb what are kind of guidelines that you keep in mind when you're writing because of you know what you think a blur good blurb should be i mean i like having the the three lines mm-hmm. because they'll have like the little blurb before i like having that where it's really like snappy and mysterious where i'm like oh Okay, let me hear more. Um, when I'm reading the actual synopsis of the book, I want to understand at least a little bit of what the plot is. Like, what's mm-hmm. the basic premise of the story? Because sometimes you read one and I'm like, okay, that was a lot of words, but I still don't understand what the plot is of the book. Like, what is the yeah. premise, like the question that we're trying to solve or whatever? Mm-hmm. I want to know the main character's name. And if there is one love interest, I want to know their name so that mm-hmm. I can, like, automatically pick it out when I start reading I don't know why guys but I want to know who I'm shipping right off the bat yeah. um, 
And I don't want any spoilers, like no big spoiler. Like sometimes you like watch a movie trailer and it shows you basically the whole movie in the trailer and you're like, now I don't care though because I know what's going to happen. But you don't want to give too too much away in the blurb. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I would say all in all. Oh, and I, personal opinion, I do like for it to say like usually in italics at the bottom or in bold where it says um, any kind of like trigger warnings or expectations for romance. I prefer that because then I know what to expect right up front, but that's just a personal preference. So, yeah, I think what my really my only preference for blurb is I like them short. I mean, one paragraph, and I only say that because we're in the social media age. If you're, I mean, on the back of a book, and like in those, well, see, even on those little like uh, side covers, you know, on the hardcover. That it seems like a lot, but it's so narrow. That's probably really only a paragraph. And I'll read those. But a lot of times I will not read stuff on the back of the book because it's too long. I'm like, this isn't, you know what I mean? If it can't fit in a paragraph, yeah. and this is a personal preference, some people probably do like, you know, two to three paragraphs. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like, like I said, in this social media age, if your book is up on Book Talk or Instagram, you know, and you put your blurb in the caption, like, if you can, and you can have, like, a short version and a long version, that's what I would recommend, do your short version on Instagram, because people, especially on social media, they do not have the attention span, so, I mean, if you can do a little blurb, uh, if you can do, like, the taglines, like, you were saying with those one, two, three, like, short pointy mm -hmm. sentences, those are great, if you're going to do a longer blurb, you're recommended doing that and then you can go into detail so then the people who want to really know will keep reading but at least you've like hooked somebody and they'll be like okay um yeah. and read it but oh what was i going to say oh another thing that works really well to think of when you're doing your blurb is you can do your tagline and then you can do like your tropes like a list of tropes with emojis mm -hmm. a lot of times that works better than blurbs because yeah. this is social media, people do not have the attention yeah. span. But if you, you know, arranged marriage and enemies to lovers and this trope, that trope, and you do like a cute little emoji that correspond, that I feel like is always very attention grabbing. So when you're working on your blurb, think about how you could do something like that. And that might help you with your blurb too. Because anything you put in those little what you can expect in this book, that should probably go in your blurb as well. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Um, the one, the Sylvia Mercedes video I had watched, she recommended doing in those like little bold taglines to do the heroine's trope, the hero's trope, and then the basic conflict, like one short mm -hmm. sentence each. Yeah. And then that's your like kind of tagline blurb section. And then you can do a full synopsis below that. But that gives people the gist of this is who she is. This is who he is. This is what's happening. Yeah. And then we, you know, just gives you the gist yeah. of it right there, which I really like that. That, that's what I used for my blurbs for these books. I was like, okay, that's very clear. Because sometimes you don't know what to use for those, like, first few sentences to catch mm -hmm. people's eye. So, like, that's a really clear way to say it. Yeah, I agree. And in romance, I mean, a lot of times the whole romance is written off those three sentences. I mean, when you write yeah. romance, you need to know what the heroine wants, what the hero wants, and how it clashes. I mean, that's... Yeah. If you know that, you know how to do that, you already know how to write a good romance. It's, that's what yeah. it is. You have to have them want different things, and you have to have those different things clash, and you have to have some situation that brings them together. That's 95% mm -hmm. 
of romance. So that is always a good one to put first because people who like that kind of thing are just addicted to it. Like, I don't know how many times I see that same formula, but it gets me every time. I'm like, oh my gosh, she wants this, but he wants that, but what's going to happen? You know? Yeah. It gets people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so clear, like the expectations for the reader is set up right there. And they're like, okay, I like those tropes. I like those tropes. Sure, I will read. Sometimes people don't even read past those first few sentences because they're like, sounds cool. Yeah. And then they just start reading the book. That's me. I mean, Hi, I'm sorry. Like, I, if your blurb is longer than two paragraphs, I'm probably not going to read it. Or if it's longer than one yeah. paragraph. You know, I just, <laughs> you don't need to give away all the information. Just give away the juicy parts. Like, we don't need yeah. to know the details. We don't need to know that she lives with her grandma. We don't. You know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say if you're going to make your blurb longer, that's fine. If it's uh, somehow entertaining. Yeah. If it still keeps people's attention. Yeah. Because yeah. there's definitely, if you, can, if you have a certain tone that you're using in your book, you know, your tone of voice, your style, maybe it's like a really snarky kind of thing. If you can get that into your blurb and the voice is really engaging, not like the generic blurb voice. That's a situation where you could probably get away with doing it a little longer because what you're showing off is like kind of like the tone mm-hmm. and letting people know what to expect there. Yeah. And speaking of tone, I do have a blurb that I wrote for the second book in my series that is the main series I'm going to be working on from now. I'm going to release them probably pretty slowly. It's the Anglo-Saxon historical fantasy series. So I wrote the blurb and I like the blurb, but I'm not sure that the tone is really accurate for the book. So as much as I like the blurb, I'm not sure that this is the one I'm going to use because it might, I might get the wrong kind of reader interested and turn away the right kind of reader. Yeah. So we can go through and I will, I'll show you what I mean. And we can just kind of like, Talk about our blurbs here. Yeah, I got mine pulled up too. Because I feel like sometimes like showing is easier than yeah, yeah. Example. talking about different. it. And then like if it's our own stuff, like I don't want to like say anything about somebody else's blurb. You know what I mean? Like if it's yeah, my blurb, I yeah. can say whatever I like about it. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm not going to offend myself. Well, I could, but I'm probably won't. Okay, so this is the blurb. Tongue-tied Friss of Shepley can't manage to find the words to cast a simple healing incantation, let alone speak to the handsome shepherd boy she likes. But her sister's hiding a secret. There's a mysterious stranger in the woods, and someone seems to have brought down the wrath of the gods, for Woden's wolves are attacking Shepley. Can Friss find the words and the courage to save her village before it's too late? So that's the words. Because yeah. that's how I like to do my blurb. <laughs> yeah. But so I guess the first sentence, we set up her problem. She's tongue-tied and mm-hmm. she can't do magic and she can't, she's too shy to speak to her love interest. And there you go, Rachel. There's your I know. Love I'm interest. like, all right. You it's got the me I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's the, yeah, this is three sentences. I think I might have done this. Um, if anyone's ever done like the Twitter, like the pit mad or whatever, there is 
something that it's mostly traditional publishers, but um, where people will do like a 140 or whatever Twitter is character tweet of their book. So I think it breaks down to three sentences, maybe shorter. But if you can do that, I mean, you're you're really well on your way. Um, So I think I might have been kind of inspired by that because I did one once before as an exercise. And it's a good exercise. Like if you can put your blurb in sentences, I think you can flesh it out, but then you know what the most important part is. Um, So then the second sentence is the one that I feel like the tone is not quite right, but maybe with some revising, I could keep it. So the second sentence says, but her sister's hiding a secret. So there's one problem. There's a mysterious stranger in the woods, two, and someone seems to have brought down the wrath of the gods for Woden's wolves are attacking Shepley. I think just the wording of someone seems to have, it just makes it sound kind of funny to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, like kind of like a, oh no, it happened. But they were the most, because I was like, okay, secret, that's interesting. Mysterious stranger in the wood, that's interesting. I like the list of the problem. It sounds really interesting. Yeah. yeah, and I was just it trying to think of really Oh, sorry? I just said it sounds really folksy. Oh, good. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but when I was thinking, because a lot happens in this book, but I was rewriting it. So what I did is I thought of, okay, the buzzwords. Like, I hate to say it, but you have to think of, you know, the buzzwords and so secrets is always good. People like books about woods, wolves, serious yeah. stranger. And I just yeah. threw that in. I was like, anything that sounds interesting is going in. Yeah. Uh, and then the last sentence shows the stakes and it just says, can Chris find the words and the courage to save her village before it's too late? Now, granted, if I was really doing this well, I should put the, you're always supposed to include like the ticking time bomb. So I should really give kind of the consequences. I think in this case, they're pretty obvious. The wolves are going to eat everybody. But if I wanted to be really thorough, I could be more detailed in, so what are the stakes? What happens if she doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. I do like it ending with a question though. I think that's always a good idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the reader wants to, you have to hook the reader by um, posing the question, which is what books do. Books pose a question and they yeah. answer it. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I like that. Nice and short and sweet, but it has, like, all the elements. Like, to me, if if your book has romance, showcase the romance. People come mm-hmm. for the love, man. Showcase the problem. Let them know who the MC is going to be, which all of, all of those things are clearly covered in yours. And then you ended with this mystery of can she save day or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty standard for most blurbs, I would say. And with that question, like, this yeah. is the stake. Can she do it? Yeah. And this is what's going to happen if she fails. And is she going to fail? I mean, everybody knows that she's probably not going to fail, but you have to put it out there. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is what could happen if she fails. Yeah. I mean, we might know that she's not necessarily going to fail unless it's like a really like tragic ending kind of story, but we don't know how she's going to manage it or what yeah. she might sacrifice along the way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because nothing comes from nothing and you do generally make hard choices. I, you, the heroines, make, <laughs> the heroines make hard choices. You don't. 
Well, we might when we're writing it. We might make some tough choices. That's true. I mean, we do kind of live vicariously through these people, so, you know. But I like that blurb a lot. Thank you. Yeah, there's definitely some, like, room to grow with it. Because, like I said, I probably could change it so the tone is different, and then I could just go with this blurb. But we'll see. You guys yeah. will, I mean, this is the second book, so this is probably not going to be, like, three or four years later. <laughs> and it comes out. And I mean, we'll <laughs> the, the, like, tone is probably the hardest part for, like, a random person to have an opinion on because until they've read your book to know what the tone sounds like in the book, they can't tell you if the, the synopsis or the yeah. blurb accurately represents it or not. So like you kind of yeah. have to ask, ask yourself, if I just read this blurb and then I read the book, would they go together? Like, does mm-hmm. it sound like that's the book I actually wrote? You know, but sometimes it's not, especially if you wrote the blurb first and you finished the book and you're like, oh, wait, things changed. It's not quite the book I ended up writing, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard for the author because for all I know, since I wrote this, for all I know, this is kind of my natural voice. So it could be that with a fresh eye, somebody else reading my draft, that they say, oh, no, this this is kind of how you sound like you have like this light humorous touch that maybe I'm not aware of. I don't know. And that's why you have beta readers and editors and alpha readers and all those people because they're very helpful for that. Mm -hmm. But... What about your blurb? Because nobody's free yet. <laughs> Mine is a lot longer than yours. <laughs> I mean, I have like the first three sentences and then mine has multiple paragraphs. So I'm not sure if you're going to like that. Well, you like I said, it really depends. And this, there is a place for a longer blurb. Like on Amazon, I would say you want a longer blurb. Oh, yeah. You know, this is my like synopsis for the back of the book and on Amazon thing. Yeah. 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 So, and, um, and I'm going to have to flesh out this one for Amazon. This is like my social media blurb, I guess. And there's nothing wrong with having it. In fact, you probably should have different versions of your blurb. Just oh, like yeah. you need to have like, your tagline and you need to have your blurb and then your synopsis and your, your elevator pitch. And you need like a, what is it, immediate kit for your book with all these different yeah. things. I don't feel like it's in some ways easier to have written like the full synopsis and then I can just like trim it down to fit on Instagram or whatever so that it's just like a paragraph because then I could be like hey that's not necessarily necessary for them to know that's not necessary to cut that you know see I'm the opposite it's harder for me to write the long thing first and we know this with drafting because I have to like do like and flesh it out I just because I don't even know what's important that's my problem. I wouldn't even know what's important to put in the, in the long one. I'd be like, and she yeah. lived with her grandma and ate oatmeal every day. <laughs> I love it. I want to read this blurb. About living with her grandma and eating oatmeal. What an interesting story. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, so I'll read my, my three like uh, lines first the ones that are like going to be in bold at the top of the synopsis. So that's fairly short. Um, so mine is set up where it's heroine's trope, hero's trope, and the basic conflict. So it says, she might look like a daydream, but she's more interested in revenge than lipstick and lashes. He might look like a nightmare, but he's more than his dark ancestry and formidable appearance would have her believe. When her path of vengeance intertwines with his murky road to redemption, the two of them will either come to an agreement or come to blows. 
So that's oh, my like. I, love, I love how like his and hers like mirrors each other, and like they both like flip everyone's expectations on the head. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah. So I feel like that's probably the like the paragraph that I would probably post on social media for the most part because it kind of just you know encompasses it. And then like I looked at because my my book is kind of um not based on but like inspired by other series that are similar i looked mm -hmm. at those series to get ideas so that's where a lot of it came so like i noticed that a lot of blurbs in this particular series like after those first three sentences were written um in uh what am i thinking of like from the pov of the character themselves rather than me just summarizing oh. it I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's what I went with. That's like yeah. the style. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it's like kind of snarky and gives you a, a, a view of her personality, which I think fits well mm -hmm. for this. But it, it is longer. So, but, um, so after the three sentences, it says, um, have you ever been underestimated because of the way you look? Me too. But I do it on purpose. I'm Caroline, love red ribbons, flouncy skirts, and curly hair, mostly because they're all great places to hide weapons. Though my arsenal includes a variety of sharp objects and spy equipment, my most deadly weapon is my ability to project an innocence so believable that no one would ever suspect me as a spy walking the streets of Shifterhaven, ruining one magical official's life after the other. You see, I'm the fastest, the last of my kind, a race long dead thanks to the civil war that wiped out my entire race. A war that could have ended without such bloodshed if the other magical factions hadn't refused my people's desperate, desperate pleas for help. But that's okay, because I'm going to make all the other races pay for the loss they left us to suffer. For the exclusion I've endured my whole life, and for the misery of being the only one left. At least that was my plan, until he showed up. Morgan Holt is a massive problem in my life, literally. I mean, the guy's huge. From disrupting my attempts to ruin the lives of my adversaries to literally removing me from the equation. Although I have to give him some credit, someone is trying to kill me, so I'm not exactly doing great on my own. But even still, I don't need him interfering what with his dangerous abilities and unsavory lineage. So why do I keep having to remind myself not to notice his terrifyingly attractive face or the unfairly attractive set of those broad shoulders? It's probably just because of the adrenaline of being hunted that's causing it. Now, if only I really believed that. Ah, take my money. It sounds so good. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like probably the one thing I would criticize is the section where I talk about like her reason for vengeance. I could probably shorten that down to like one sentence because mm -hmm. I feel like it's probably a little long. But, yeah, but you, you Amazon, figure that out. It needs to be long. You know what I mean? It needs to fill up the space. So depending yeah, on how that's long there, you might want to leave it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because it looks kind of silly if it's like two sentences. Because, you know, on a big web page, I mean, if people are browsing on their phones, but, you know, yeah. 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 You want it to look like it. Because I do, when I get on Amazon when you're browsing and it's just like a short paragraph and that's all they have, I'm like, that's it. Yeah. And that's all you put I mean, to describe your book. Yeah. And it's like, did this person write a book? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like I'm missing something. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I really like that. I love how you like set up her personality, but like, you know, I I wear these clothes and maybe you know this too. And she, but then she's like, because it's the best thing to hide weapons in. Like, 
<laughs> you know, then you go into like the the world that she lives in, like the shifter thing, and like that immediately. So it's like first you're hooked by this character, and then you're like, oh, she's in like a really cool universe, and then you know she's on this like vengeance plot, and then like my favorite part is like at least I thought it was, and then you're like, oh my gosh, now we're gonna get the romance like redemption arc. Yeah. So and then, like he's a problem, a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> literally the guy. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I'm so excited. Thank you. I will say, um, the two things that I would say is in the second and third book, because you know more when you're reading them in the synopsis, I had both of them talk in the synopsis. So I have like it says Caroline's name and then she says part of the synopsis and then it's Morgan's name and then he says part of the synopsis. So okay. it gives you kind of back and forth, almost of them arguing about the synopsis, which I think is funny. But um, also, because I have the three sentences, for anybody out there, like, because of the three sentences at the beginning, setting up the romance before, I feel like it's okay that I didn't describe the romance until towards the end of the synopsis, because you'd already heard about it from those first three sentences. Yeah. So I would say don't skip those blurb sentences. They're really, really helpful. Because that, I wrote those first, and then I wrote the rest of the synopsis. And that, those three things helped me figure out what the rest of the story was going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And because if your audience, your audience likes fantasy romance, focus on the romance. So yeah. you have to go with, you know, what they're going to be most interested in. And then you give them other backstory and then you come back to the romance. You got to start yeah. with the romance and then you end with it. And you can give them the other stuff so they know like what kind of world they're in, more about the situation. Yeah. And, yeah. I had fun writing the blurbs, honestly. Oh, that one, it sounds so good. And I think maybe when, like, maybe blurbs are only hard to write when you aren't sure what you're doing. Like, I think once you know what you're doing and you're excited about the story and your story actually does have interesting stuff, because sometimes, you know, I've written books where they're interesting, but they don't have, like, attention-grabby, interesting situations or yeah. things. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't have, like, the tropes people recognize or, like, searching for. Yeah. I think, yeah. too, writing the blurb ahead of time is easier than writing it later. Because trying to sum up everything at the end, like, without having anything written at, like for a blurb at all, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where to start. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Although, the one problem with writing a blurb before you start, I mean, this is not a problem if you're doing, if you write it and then you, like, you know, are just publishing it like a normal book, not the Kindle Bella. So my problem was I wrote the blurb before I started. And I'm not going to say that this story doesn't live up to the blurb, but season one doesn't get to all of the stuff that the blurb promised. And because oh. it's like a show format, I'm like, is this a problem? It's probably not a huge problem, but when I go back through, I'm going to add a little bit more of what we're getting to because the thing is I started this book when they're like going to the conservatory and I ended it. Season one ends like a month into the school year. Oh, okay. so I didn't get to all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want people, you know, be expecting that they get to the end of season one. Um, I mean, maybe because it is season one, they won't be disappointed. Because, you know, they know something else is going to happen. But I think I do need to go back through and just add, like, paragraph, sentence level details. You know, just mm -hmm. giving a little bit more to some of, like, the other aspects. Which yeah. I can't 
go through, and then this is also a very short blurb because, well, and this is because it's on Kindle Vela, I believe only lets you put, see I have one, two, three, four, five. Oh, I actually have six sentences here. Um, but I don't know what their word limit is for like mm -hmm. their little blurb. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure it's pretty short. I haven't seen anybody with long synopsis. And that makes sense for the format. You know, it's a serial yeah. story and you feel a little shorter. Yeah. So this one is kind of different because I guess I could say that I did like my like hook sentence first. Because it starts with when songs are magic and music is power, one wrong note could cost your life. And that's kind of what I use for like the tagline. Yeah. Generally, I just put one wrong note could cost your life. But that's like my own tag. And then yeah. I say, Hello Conservatory is a prestigious academy training only the finest musicians in the dangerous art of melodia. All others simply don't survive. Dot, 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 dot. Mm -hmm. And like then, that. yeah. So I guess that's, I don't know, it's weirdly formatted. But then it says, this year, Hello has accepted six very unusual scholarship students. A chambermaid, a thief, and a tomboy, a hopeless romantic, a dairymaid, and a bored young viscount. Each must prove they've got the talent to make it at Hallow or die trying. Okay. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's, <laughs> that's the board. It kind of, the and part where you list the types of people reminds me of like the Breakfast Club. Yeah. You've got like this random hodgepodge of people that all have to be together. Yeah. yeah. That was actually the hardest part to write because I knew which characters I was going to have. And so I knew there were going to be six. And I thought, well, that's part of the hook of the book is we've got all these different characters and how are they going to interact with each other? And the hardest part for me was putting them in an order that sounded good. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the chambermaid, the thief, and the tomboy. And the hopeless romantic, the dairymaid, and the bored young viscount. And originally... I think I started out like writing the episodes in that order, but then it just, it didn't flow with the story. Then I thought that's kind of stupid. I don't need to write it in the order of the blurb. Yeah. Like, it's, like, nobody's gonna expect it. No, no, not yeah. at all. But um, I just, I never really got far enough into the school year that they're like trying to prove their talent or like any dangerous lessons. I never got that far into it. Yeah. And now season one is over. So I don't know. I might add in a few more like of that stuff just so people aren't totally disappointed when they read season one and they're like, wait, where's that part? So that is yeah. the one danger of writing a blurb first if you're going to do something like a serial story. Um, obviously, if you're writing a normal novel, you write your blurb first, then you write your first draft and you do a second one. So it's not really a big deal. Yeah. You can put it in, you can change your blurb, whatever. But I have been really thinking about that. Like, as I get to the end of season one, I'm like, uh, I never got to that part. Yeah. <laughs> There's I still settling. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the, like, rules are for, or expectations are for novellas where there's got to be a second season. Mm -hmm. So, like, your synopsis kind of encompasses all the seasons, right? Yeah, and that's the thing, it does. This synopsis, like if I was thinking it like a TV show, 
this will work for the whole TV show. What happened in season one is this other side plot that I wasn't playing on took over. And that's kind of like the main mm. plot season one, oh. which is not mentioned, but it's not something I would want to mention in like a TV show synopsis. Yeah. So it might be fine, honestly, but because this is like a reading format, I don't know that people are like coming to it with like that expectation. So I thought, yeah. let me just put in a little bit more of the academic stuff, which is like the over the overarching. Yeah. They plot. should let you do like a synopsis. Yeah. They should let you do like a synopsis per season, like a synopsis of each season individually, because I feel like depending on the series or the book you're writing, like that could be really hard if all of the seasons get different as they move forward. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's kind of hard to sum up multiple different stories in one little summary. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. I don't know that I would know what to write for the synopsis. Percy mm-hmm. thinks I don't really know what's going to happen. Like, I know the overarching storyline, but I don't know what's going to happen in each yeah. season. I'm like, kind of like writing it as I go. That's but true. It's, Definitely a good way to write a series because I've never understood how people do series before, but doing it this way where I know the series outline basically, and then I have the blurb that goes through like all, I don't know, five books or however many this is going to be. And then just like making up as I go along the individual plots of each book is so much easier. The hardest part is, um, is doing the, you know, the plot for each. So you have a plot for book one, a plot for book two, a plot for book three, and it goes through the whole storyline, but you also have to have like a separate plot that wraps up, you know, which I had no idea how you're supposed to do, but doing this was pretty easy because I didn't plan that part. It just kind of happened when I was writing the episodes and I was able to wrap that up easily. And I still am nowhere near the end of like the big plot, which is fine because I have more room to go with. Yeah, that is difficult to try and write. That's where I went wrong with Legends of Avalon, where I think I didn't know enough about what the overarching plot was going to be for all three books. So then book one, I tried to make like feel epic and exciting. And then book two, I tried to make it epic and exciting. But then you incur so much like literary debt by book three that you're like, shoot. How am I ever supposed to tie all this off? Because I've tried to make like such big like arcs for these two that make it one arc together isn't making sense. <sighs> so it's like really that's why with this trilogy now I made everything simple and I outlined all three books together at the same time so that I knew. But that way it's more about the overarching yeah. story of all three than it is about each individual one. But it is a hard balance for sure. Yeah, Especially with something like that where you don't have things known in advance. Mm-hmm. But then it's hard to know things in advance. Like, that's definitely a difficult thing. It is. It is. Yeah, I like doing, um, like, a series outline. So I take the plot of everything, and then I plug it into, um, you know, Save the Cat. So I'm like, okay, book one is, you know, act one. So it needs to feel very act one. Yeah. And I have book one, and then the fun book. And then, I mean, this works a lot better if you're doing, like, a four-book series. But you can do it with three. You just have to kind of split it up. Yeah. Like, okay, so then, like, book three is going to be very, very dark. And then book four is going to be the book that, like, brings it all in. If you do it like that, you know, plotting out that extensively doesn't seem to work as well for me. But if you do plot like that, I recommend doing it that way. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think even if you have like almost like if you can write like a synopsis, like the really short single paragraph, like you did for yours for the entire series. And then that'll at least lead you down the right road for each book because you're like, hey, I have to get from here to here. And then these books are how I'm going to do that. So synopsis can help in a lot of ways, apparently. I'm now realizing. Yeah, blurbs are very helpful, even if they might be a pain to write. Like they can, they can really help you like plot your books too. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It tells you a lot because you don't. I think sometimes you don't really know what kind of story you're trying to tell until you start to summarize it. And plus, mm-hmm. you it you need to have a way to explain to people when they ask you what is your book about, and you tell them in like you know your elevator pitch. Like you have to have an elevator pitch because otherwise mm-hmm. people are gonna be like, what, what's your book about? Oh, God, I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's when you're like, well, she lives with her grandma and she eats oatmeal every day. And by the time you remember the important stuff, you've already spouted off five minutes of unimportant stuff and they've walked away. You know, you don't want to do that. Yeah. You You want to know like, what's the most important thing about your book and what's the most attractive thing about your book, too? Because sometimes it's not the same thing. I mean, hopefully it is, but. Sometimes it's not, and you just have to go with that. Mm-hmm. It's true. Like, you you know, you're a salesman in this, and you have to kind of figure out, okay, what ad is going to make people want to read this? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I recommend reading people's blurbs, too, to get ideas for what – because, like, each genre is different. Like, my genre is different than your genre, so the – types of blurbs that work for them are different. The tones are different. So you, I recommend reading other people's blurbs in the oh, niche yeah. you're trying to in to figure out what sounds good, what people, you know, expect, that kind of thing. Yeah. And don't don't feel like you're doing something wrong if you leave out something that you feel is really important because the thing is, um, there's going to be a lot that's important in your book, but you mm-hmm. might not have room to put it all in so when I was originally writing the hello conservatory blurb I was trying to go off of a theme that I had going you know the the, like kind of the what the lessons they learned in the friendships and I was trying to write it that way and it just it wasn't working so I left that out and it is integral to the book and it's important but it wasn't it just didn't work it wasn't catchy enough it wasn't grabby enough and you do not have to. There might be parts of the book that you really love, like the themes or this or that, and they can be important, but they don't need to be in your blurb if they're not working. You know, yeah. you can use other yeah. important parts that maybe you don't like as much, but they're still important. They still get the meaning of your story across. So don't feel like maybe you knew when you started down to write the story that it was going to be about people who learn courage from this, blah, blah, blah. And maybe putting it exactly like that in your blurb doesn't work. You kind of have to more hint at it. Um, That's okay. You know, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You don't have to fit everything in there. I mean, it feels like you kind of want people to know, like understand all of it, but they don't actually need to know all of it. I read Mm -hmm. that you should only tell people the first third of your book. Like they should not get any more than the first third of your book by reading your synopsis don't give away everything they don't need to know all of that right now you're just trying to hook them in so they'll stick around that's pretty much all you need to worry about Mm -hmm. and that is an accurate representation you know you don't want to totally mislead them either but yeah yeah because the midpoint is usually a big twist you do not want anything past your midpoint like 
If there's yeah. a big hook, you know, maybe you use a certain trope after the midpoint, probably don't want to put that in your blurb. Like yeah. maybe there's your marriage of convenience, but if that's like a big twist at the midpoint, like don't put that in the blurb necessarily. There's yeah. probably some occasions where you could, but probably rule of thumb, you wouldn't want to put that in the blurb. Yeah. Like the reader. Yeah, exactly. Like in this trilogy, one of the biggest tropes I don't mention at all in the synopsis. Even mm -hmm. though it's a very popular show and people like it, I don't mention it at all because you don't need to know it right now because it kind of kind of takes the fun out of the shock of finding it out in the book. So yeah. I don't tell you in a synopsis because I figure I use all these other hooks and that's fine. You'll find this one out later. You don't have mm -hmm. to use all of them in the blurb. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that is our very expert <laughs> advice <laughs> on Um. We're obviously still learning. Like I'm looking at my Hello Conservatory blurb right now. I'm like, you know what? I could rewrite that. Yeah, <laughs> but, I know. I'm um, like, I think that could be trimmed there, but we'll, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is to be a writer. You're always improving. Yeah, so always, always. Yeah. We'll never reach perfection, guys. <laughs> Hopefully, this will help you guys to write your own blurb, um, and not make you more stressed about writing your own blurb. Um, yes, yeah, at least it should be not painful. Yeah, you yeah. should get yourself excited about your book when you're writing your blurb. If you're writing yeah. your blurb when you finally kind of have it, because sometimes getting the wording right, because you've got to use the thesaurus and find different ways to say things, that can be painful. But you know, once you have a pretty much down, you should read it. You should be like, wow, I want to read that book. Who wrote that book? I yeah. wrote that book. Yeah, I like this. That's the feeling your blurb should give you. Yeah. You want everybody to know. You're like, I just mm -hmm. want to share this right now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because I do. Like, my blurbs, once I had them, I was like, I need to paste this on my forehead. I mean, this is so good. Yeah. I see it. Yeah, I see it. Exactly. So that's just the feeling that your blurb should get to. Mm-hmm. 100%. Well, if you guys have... Any other tips about blurb writing, uh, feel free to comment on our YouTube channel, send us a message. Uh, you can always comment on our Instagram page. You can follow us over there. It's at Good on Paper Podcast. And same with our YouTube channel. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the channel, because we will be back next week with another episode that you probably won't want to miss. So, Exactly. You never want to miss these. Come on, guys. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for watching. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it and tune in next week for another episode. And if you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review so that other people can find us. And we will see you in the future. Bye.